And welcome into post-game edition number three here on Spits and Suds on this Friday night, heading into a Saturday morning. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me is Shap Shots, EP Ringside, D Magazine, but most importantly, Sean Shapiro put an article in which he stated, when the Stars win the series, and clearly that was bulletin board material tonight, I blame tonight's game on you, Sean Shapiro. What say you? <laughs> if I had the uh, if I had the power to uh, if I had the power to to, uh, to handle things to impact games like that, you and I would not be uh, having. Well, we might still have a podcast, but I would uh, <laughs> I would have I I, I would have. I would I would be I would have much more I would have a much larger bank account and if I had the impact the ability to impact the games in that way there's a there's someone who would have given me a, a higher paying job impacting sports events a long long time ago yeah so. I didn't want to get involved but it was it was uh, friend and colleague Joe O'Donnell with friend and colleague yeah. Sean Shapiro I felt like my buddies were going back and forth I was like no <laughs> yeah and I, I give Joe I mean Joe is a uh, He's the wild play-by-play guy yeah. and everything like that. And as I said, I mean, it wasn't it, for me. We actually in the copy, I originally had if or when in the copy, but with my editor over at D Magazine, Mike Pelosi, who does a great job, they're like, well, before the series, you, you made the pick. And I'm someone who I'm willing to, if I'm wrong on something, I'm willing to be wrong on it. I mean, heck, when the start went all the way to the cup final in 2020 i picked against them in every single round i'm willing to wear it so we said okay it's stand by your prediction stick by your guns it was a reported column so yeah. i have no i have no i have no regrets on it no it's 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 fine but it does lead to the following because you know you had mentions underneath and clearly on twitter during the game during the day rants from both sides and i was thinking today you know, we had the uh, playoff series against Nashville, followed by the Winter Classic. But, you know, it was a it was a little bit of a rivalry, but to me, this is shaping up as a true rivalry, something that we've wanted in Dallas for a long time and haven't had it. Yeah, I mean, the Stars have not really they haven't really. I mean, historically, there's been a couple like inklings of a rivalry, but historically, something the Stars have really missed as a right is is a true rival that they see often in the regular season. There was a couple of years where they knocked Edmonton out a couple times in a row, but it wasn't really the, uh, it wasn't really kind of the, you didn't see Edmonton all the time. Um, you have Nashville. There was potential for Nashville, but, but Nashville kind of wasn't good enough to continue to keep it up. Like Dallas and Minnesota. I mean, this is their second playoff. They're meeting again in the playoffs. There's a natural uh, animosity between the two sides. Between there's almost a big brother, little brother feeling, and it's it's kind of funny. It's one of the weird like setups where like it's hard. Both sides can somehow claim to be big brother, right? Where yeah. it's like Dallas can be like, well, we had we took like the why the North Stars left here, left you to come here, and at the same time. Um, Minnesota does have the the hockey history and, 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 and the, like, so it's kind of a, it's, uh, it, it can be a legit rivalry, especially one that goes beyond the, the ice. And just for example, the, 
the North, the wild trying to basically kind of co-op some North stars history, as we've talked about yep. before. And I don't know. It, it's, it's funny, like stylistically right now too, in the Mac, like on the macro, there's definitely a lot for a uh, rivalry potential here, but there's also on the micro, there's two. It's, it's funny how the wild have kind of become what the stars were a couple of years ago, where we were like, the stars are kind of boring. They clog the neutral zone and this year they get up and running. And the thing that they're running into is a, a wild team that does that. Um, I watched for me watching this game tonight, I got hyper-focused and a little bit too nerdy on the, uh, and I, a little bit too nerdy on the neutral zone tonight and how both teams entered the offensive zone. That's actually over up at Shap shots right now. Uh, should be up by the time we finish recording this pod. I, um, and uh, Minnesota tonight basically turned the stars into a dump and chase team. And by my non-scientific math, the most telling part of it was the second period. Um, the stars had, once again, this is my, not scientific, this is my hand tracking, but in the second period, the stars had 31, there was 30, 31 times the stars had a quote unquote zone entry. 21 times it was a dump in, nine times they carried it in, one time it was a passing. But the Robertson Sagan Hints line did not have a single clean entry into mm. the offensive zone. And when and that to me right there is one of the biggest differences in the game. You obviously we saw it, we see Rope streaming around for a hat trick last game yeah. to second period of a game where Minnesota is able to kind of enforce their their style. There's nothing clean happening for the, the Stars' top line. And, and that, to me, right there is kind of, if you're looking for a game in a nutshell standpoint, that may be it right there, where the Stars' top line and the Stars in general, they just couldn't do anything in transition. And the Wild were able to kind of weather things and and and, and handle things effectively enough until their players, their big players made the plays. The Wild played this game like the... Uh, it's very. It was very much like the the, the rope dope, right? Where you, uh, you you're willing to you're not opening yourself up. You're willing to take the body shots. You're willing to keep the the things keep activity low. But when it happens, when you get that chance to break, you've got uh, you got you got your your big your big name guys showed up in the moment and. You don't, I mean, the Scar scored seven goals in game two, but we do have to start just having the discussion of, and this is the discussion I'm sure the Stars will have uh, to, late tonight and tomorrow morning. You got to start getting something at five on five. You have to yep. start. I mean, I I know like the Joe Pavelski absence is obviously hurting them a lot, but Jason Robertson, like, he needs to be better. Like he has to be better. Yep. And this is something where you you're an 109 point player in the regular season and you want to be treated like a top player in the world. This is where you have to step up. This is where you have to show up more at five on five. This is where you have to do more. I mean, one goal for Luke and on a, on a dumping crash. Yeah. And it was, it was, it wasn't even, it was like, it was actually one of the stars worst chances of the game. It was Colin Miller dumping the puck in and good, good on Luke Lindenning doing the, the veteran thing to crash play. But 
other than that, can you really think of no. a chance that the stars actually had in this game? Like no. it, it's like like it's the only thing the only thing the stars really did effectively in this game, and it's just and, and I, I would argue this is more so based on the wild just being terrible in this in this area, is the stars dominated the face-off circle again. But ironically enough, on a night they dominated the face-off circle, they lost two key ones on power play on, on when they were shorthanded and so and that and that added to the inflated the the differential like the stars offense was was absent tonight and yeah. it was bad you know you mentioned something small and i want to mention something small because i think it told a lot about tonight 1440 mark of the second period sagan wins the draw it goes to hints passes it about four feet away to Robertson and then Robertson tries to pass it another four feet away. It gets away and back to the wild. And I just felt as though the stretch pass was non-existent tonight. I felt as though the speed was neutralized by the wild. They did a really good job. I thought there for the first time in this series, I felt as though there was hesitancy from the stars, almost afraid to make those passes and to take those chances. And I just felt as though when you don't have that speed, they just fell, you know, I mean, it was clearly, it was obvious. They fell into the wild game, the slower game, the the taking of the penalties, the pushing back, which draws a penalty. Um, it just, it just didn't seem like, you know, I mean, I don't even want to use the term focus. It just seemed like they didn't have their game all night. And I agree with you. The quality chances just weren't there. I don't think they pushed Gustafson a lot at all. In fact, no, I no, thought I thought I yeah. thought you know the net front presence wasn't there. Um, clearly, the shots on goal weren't there. And uh, I mean, dis- disappointing. I-, I do have to raise my hand. You know, listen, this is not a cheerleader show. I use that Tom mm-hmm. Gallardi term. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to raise my hand and say kudos to the Wild. Mm-hmm. They clearly outplayed this team tonight. I mean, there was no like, you know, I mean, it it was it was clearly outplayed. They played their game, and at times, and this is this is the part that I worry about. At times, I felt as though the Wild showed the quick quickness. I felt as though the Wild got out in the odd man rush. I felt as though the Wild were clearing the zone really well. And listen, I'm not trying to pile on Sean. I thought John Klingberg played really well tonight for the wild. He did. Um, and it's something where part of the, like I, to use a, a good football analogy, um, the Minnesota wild can be very much like watching like Navy or air force play football. Right. It That's a good be, comparison. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the triple option. Um, the triple option it's the reloading it's a lot of dumping the puck in but they four to five times eh, not four to five times but three to four times a period they have they spring that play action pass like a navy or an air force runs and 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 and, and all and, and, and it just stuns you like for example um i i put the the goal for uh the goal that made it uh, the goal that the, sorry, the, the Johansson goal, obviously it's a great move in the end where he yeah. walks, where he walks him. But part of that play is um, 
Minnesota's like second goal, it's it's a design play they run where um Klingberg throws the puck, throws the he throws the it's not really a pass, it's kind of the it's the alley-oop to he's basically throwing a diagonal pass completely through the neutral zone, basically from yep. one blue line to the opposite blue line. And his and um Matt and Matt Boldy is the one who's going down going over there and everything like that. And Boldy's job as the forward in that place to do one of three things. His job is to either just bump the puck by to the corner for another just another kind of cycle of things to um to force the turnover or lay the big hit on lay the big hit. And so he forces the turnover on Colin Miller with speed and Johansson comes in and and Miller and, and Harley are kind of all disheveled and it leads to the pretty nice toe drag and finish. And, and it was, it was the stretch pass that they occasionally do. There was one earlier in the game, um, the shift before the Zuccarello goal um, came the wild had sustained offensive zone pressure. And that came on a, a play like that where Kaprizov um, kind of ran kind of that route where he was now Kaprizov. I thought Kaprizov was really good tonight. Yeah, like, he I was. thought like, like, like Very for, for the space that, uh, that he has to play, like just the, like in, even a night where he had no points, right? Like that's like, he had no points. He only had one shot, but the way he kind of helped run their transition and the way he pushed them, I thought he was really, really good in, in, in those facets of the game. And he kind of stung Dallas a couple times on those stretch routes too. It's stars look slow, right? Like yeah. they're not supposed to be the slow team in this series and right. they look slow and you know, who was also really good. And it's, people are going to, it's, it's, you're, Gustav Nyquist, man, he looks so good. Yes, again. he does. He's been very good for them. He so. he he really has. So, you know, you're an analytics guy, and every year it just seems like the person that isn't the greatest in analytics comes up big. Whether it's a Patrick Maroon or a Corey Perry, do we put Marcus Foligno in that category? Because what a night he had. Yeah, I mean, Foligno is a. I think Felino. I don't. I don't have Felino's analytics in front of me, but I also think Felino has the. Uh, he if he's on the right cycling team and he's in the right setup, it works really well. I think he's a guy like he's a perfect. Uh, we've talked about Zuccarello on this show before. How Zuccarello can play anywhere. Felino needs to be in the right spot, and he was he was really good tonight. Obviously, he had the tip tip for the goal, which I thought was the right call. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the right call. Um, he was, uh, I don't know how many, the, he had a good amount of hits too. Like, I mean, it was, he, he impacted the game a ton tonight. Um, the, the thing that was interesting to me about this game, just because it normally, um, normally when one team normally, when one team out hits another team as heavily as they do, like Minnesota had a 27, sorry, 26, 17 edge in hits. Normally when that happens, um, it's more so based off possession and a high shot difference too. But I mean, Minnesota only had one more shot than Dallas. It, it felt like this is, this was one of those where it just felt like it was complete implementation of a Minnesota game where the wild forced the stars to play their way 
and that's the way the Wild are going to win this series, if the Wild are going to win this series. Yeah, so we move forward to Sunday night. Should we be worried? It's, I mean, it's, it's, you're, yes, because you lose, you're down 3 1, and it's, but I also, and maybe, maybe it's the, maybe the even keelness of my voice on this is I, don't see that happening. Like I see Dallas responded from game one to game two. Um, I don't see, I don't see, I, like, I think one of the great things about playoff series is the give and take the, the chess match. And um, I think the stars get an opportunity to respond and try to play their game on Sunday. And I if if they lose, obviously it's all of a sudden now they have to basically they're down three one and it becomes three straight games of of must win hockey. But I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure why. If I'm if if I was to put myself in a hardcore Dallas fan shoes, maybe you could be have some be a little bit more panicked right now. But for whatever reason. And maybe it's just thinking about adjustments and the fact that us sitting here on a podcast can isolate what happened. Like it's if I I would feel more concerned if I would feel more concerned from a star's perspective, if they had played their game and we couldn't sit here and circle what went wrong. I actually feel better sometimes when you can circle what went wrong, because if you and I can figure it out right now, Pete DeBoer and his staff should be able to figure it out and the players should be able to figure it out. And it's the one thing I am concerned about is like, can you, what's ha- what's happening with Jason Robertson? That's the one concern for me more so of is Jason, Ro- are we going to get Jason Robertson back at five on five for Dallas? And And right now we haven't seen that. That's where my worry is, if anything, right now. And those goes to our questions. The first from at MB Tendy. What's up, guys? Robertson seems to be a non-factor yet again in the playoffs. What's the issue with him when it comes to hockey past 82 games? What he's referring to is the struggles Robertson had in the first round last year against Calgary. At Adam underscore Deeks, Adam Deacon, what do you think is the issue with Robo in postseason games? Appreciate he chipped in with assists in game two, but he is not playing with confidence. Strange considering the season he had. And at uh, Logan underscore Onyx says, is it fair to say Robertson's game doesn't translate five versus five in the playoffs? This is two years now. His lack of skating really hurts him because his game relies on time, not speed. Playoffs, there's way less space. Just seems like he's lost out there. So first three questions came in were yeah. <laughs> um, echoing I, your I, sentiments. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning but i don't think it's a jason robertson playoff concern i think it's a jason robertson minnesota wild concern obviously honestly um i look at i look at the way they're different that line is a different transition line with without pavelski too um robertson has to play a little bit of a different role he has to be um Pavelski gets to, when Pavelski's in the lineup, he's more of like, uh, what do they call those? Like, uh, Gavin, like the switch yards, like a train, right? Where you come in and like the train comes in and like it, it swivels it and puts it on another track. Like, yeah. Joe, Joe Pavelski really plays that role so well in transition, even though Joe Pavelski's slow, 
he plays that role really well in transition. And Sagan isn't as good at that role, just frankly. Sagan is a little bit better where he's playing in a two-man game or or playing with or yeah, more of the two-man game. Like, and so Robertson's going from playing with one guy who was really good at spreading the wealth and transitioning things around to a guy who plays a little bit more of a two-man game. And that's always who Sagan is. It's nothing bad about Sagan. It's just true. And so now it becomes, how do you adjust to that? So in this series, it's kind of, there's that. And then there's also the element with Robertson that I'm just, so I'm defending him on that front. Like, I think there is an issue to that. But okay. on the flip side, you're, you want to get paid the way you're getting paid you got to start creating your own chances. That's yep. just the end of the day. That's, that's just the reality of it. You got to create your own chances. You got to start, you got to start doing this. I mean, I was tracking in, in the second period when you were looking at zone entries, there was, to me, there was, I tracked five different times. Jason Robertson dumped the puck into the zone and a dumping is not always a bad thing, but when that's all that's happening, and that's what's happened. And that's where the extent of your impact of the game is from that spot. Then we have a problem. And this is just, this is a, a real gut check time. And I, I don't think it's like, I think we need to isolate this year and last year. Like Dallas went into Calgary last year. It was his first playoff experience. And they were, Calgary was a better team. Like, honestly, the entire stars team looked the only reason that was a seven game series was because Jake Ottinger last year. Mm -hmm. So this year though, we need to see more out of Jason Robertson. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's, that's just true. Okay. Twizzle asks if Dallas wants to play a physical style against Minnesota, who should take that lead to set a tone, Ben Domi, Hockenpah or someone else. I think Sean and I agree. They do not want, they want to stay away from the physicality. I mean, hits are, can be effective but you don't want to fall into the Minnesota style, which they did tonight, and we saw how the game was uh, slowed down. I think when you well, it's, you just yeah, got to stretch the ice, right? Yeah, and it's the uh, – it's the, there's, like, physicality, too. Like, it's kind of the – sometimes someone will be like, oh, we'll use – the physicality becomes, like, code for, like, do we need to go fight a guy? And I don't think that's going to do anything. Um, and – I would look at being, I, I would, I would argue one of the bigger things about physicality is more so when and where, and I don't think, I think there are places where the stars can get more physical, maybe in the neutral zone where they can kind of try to push back a little bit to try to create some more. But at the end of the day, as we talked about it's about getting this team skating again. It's about yeah. getting this team moving around. It's it's about getting to the spot where the wild are try, are struggling to catch you as opposed to trying to play their game. Um I I thought like I, I looked at Ben's game tonight like he actually it's Jamie Ben's game wasn't nearly as wasn't Jamie Ben's game actually wasn't that bad, but it was it's hard to it's hard to pick out like positive things when things when the entire when the entire group really struggled um i i do think i i would wonder um because 
I, I think it's, and I know that there's, I know it probably won't happen, but I think it's time to put Nils Lundqvist in for Colin Miller. Just honestly, like Colin hmm. Miller struggled. Colin Miller struggled the past couple. He struggled the past couple games. Yeah. Like, and I know, I know it was an unlucky break um, on the turnover and overtime in game one, but there's a space where Miller's about the same size as Lundqvist. He's getting pushed around. It's not. I, I'm I'm trading. I'm trading one guy who could get pushed around for another, and maybe one guy who comes in with fresh legs. And honestly, we saw what John Klingberg did tonight for Minnesota, coming in with fresh legs, and the uh, and 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 being a skilled puck moving defenseman. Like I, I I think it's time to give Lundqvist a chance in Game Four. Yeah, I'd I'd be up. I'd be up with that. Uh, we are answering your Twitter questions on this post-game edition on 105.3 The Fan, Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. Starcastic remarks. Felt that Marchment penalty was probably a little late, but we feel there have been a lot of late hits for the Wild that have not been called. How can the NHL get the refs to start calling things consistently? Consistently. I will say this. This is my opinion. I think there are missed calls both ways. But I don't think it's the refs in this series. I think anytime you face a a physical team like the Wild or a team that tries to exert their physicality, it's going to seem like a lot of penalties. Um, I think in Game One specifically, there were missed calls. Um, I didn't see anything like tonight that was like, oh my god, you know. I mean, I don't think it would have changed the game one way or another. What do you think, Sean? I w- I'm going to, I want officiating to be better, but yes. I also hate to say it, but officiating is consistent. It's consistently bad. Like, yeah. you know, exactly, you know, exactly what you're signing up for. Like it's, it's something where as much as it's annoying and, and there's certain things that don't, that don't happen, like the officiating is consistent. I mean, right. One of the reasons, like, I want to, like, we can get into this the stars do dive. Like, I just want to be clear. Like it's something where like the stars have, do have a history of embellishing on things. And that's part of who they, I mean, a couple of years back, it was, it's hard to not say that after a couple of years back when uh, the Essel and Dell play against St. Louis, where he literally dove three times on one play to draw a cross check. The stars, the league doesn't call embellishment. So it's bending the rules, whether you like it or not. It's the same way that the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last year and the Colorado Avalanche run that illegal pick play where basically it's kind of like the moving screen in basketball. They run it better than any team in hockey and ref it's illegal. It's interference. Referees never, ever call it and more power to the Avalanche and Jared Bednar said, okay, it's a part of our offense. They're never going to call it. And the one or few, two times they do, it's still going to create seven to eight shots a game for us. So I I'm at the spot where I will get on my I will get on my soapbox and talk about officiating when it comes to protecting the player's head like it was after Joe Pavelski in game one. And I will I will do that. But I'm also at a point where I've kind of accepted that this is what officiating is. Coaches know what that is. And it's just all the theater of you have to accept that this is what it is. Um officiating didn't cost the stars the game it didn't win the game for minnesota it's it 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 hasn't 
the one place where it may have impacted the series was back in game one, where if they had given a five minute major to Dumba and and then, and then. but tonight, no, it, it didn't, it didn't change the game. I mean, I'd like to see officiating more consistent on, on, on many facets. I'd like a cross check to be a cross check, no matter what time mm-hmm. of game it is, but, but, but without question, almost you can almost look at the clock and figure out when yeah. a penalty is a pen- and like there's things that you and I can sit at home at and know. And if we can know that, you know, the coaches with all their additional data know as well. So I, I am all for NHL officiating reform. I also think if uh, I think NHL officiating would be better if they were, if there was an Avenue where they had to be available after each game. Um, Cause I believe Gavin, correct me if I'm wrong on this. And I always go back to, I don't know if it's changed, but um, I always remember the, uh, the Andres Galarraga imperfect game, right? Mm-hmm. And Jim Joyce is the umpire who spoke to the media right after. And yes. And, and I always looked at that moment as something where it's like, you know what? I, I respect Jim Joyce. I respect, I mean, you may dislike baseball umpires, but in general, baseball umpires can be available to the media. Yeah. NHL referees are not allowed to be available to that's, the media. That's I, I do. I do wonder if you had something like that, some mechanism, would it create some more accountability? Um, I don't know. Well, but it's it's a thought. Yeah, they have um, one pool reporter goes in and asks NFL referees questions after the game, and uh, yes, the crew chief um, usually answers questions in 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 Major League Baseball. As far as the referees, I would also say this: if you think it's bad, it's bad everywhere. Because if you're watching Carolina and the Islanders, if you're a New York Islanders fan, Carolina scored in Carolina to beat you the other night based on a high stick. That was right in front of the referee and there was no call. And it clearly led to the Carolina breakout where they scored the game winning goal. So I think it's across the league. And I early in this year, Sean, I threw out that, Strange question that I've always wondered is why not add another referee into the mix? Why why can't linesmen make calls? And I know it sounds weird, um, but at the same time, maybe we're getting to that point where this game is so fast that you can't see everything specifically in the playoffs. But uh, mm-hmm. I agree, it's not it, it's not a playoff thing. All right, back to the questions. Trying to get them yep. all in. Uh, Jordan Harper, first of all, Jordan, thank you so much for your support of Spits and Suds. And thanks to all of you who wrote in tonight. It, it's really cool that we're getting all these questions. He says, more of a, a point, frankly, I don't think the Stars could play much worse. Any chance a coaching staff makes a lineup change for Game 4? Sean suggested earlier in this podcast that Nils Lundqvist, um, if it was him, would go in for Colin Miller. Uh, I know we are stuck with Ryan Suter, but any other moves? I will say, Sean, it is kind of interesting that the Wild fans are booing uh, Ryan Suter because I feel as though Stars fans are watching and they're probably like, yeah, I'd probably boo too. It's the uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so when they started booing him, I just started laughing. <laughs> like it's uh, that I mean, that to me is the. I mentioned the Lundquist one. I'd like to see that. That that's the only lineup change, uh, at least personnel wise, I would make for Game Four. Now, I consider I wouldn't be opposed to. Do you start tweaking some lines? Do you 
maybe you split uh maybe you split hits hints and robertson just to see if maybe doing something like that yep um maybe putting jason on a different line gets him going in another way maybe doing something like that but i'm not changing my lineup beyond looking at putting lundquist in um how about this one this one this one's tough yeah. but would you at this stage move Wyatt Johnston up and move Tyler Sagan with Jamie Benn? Um, I'd consider it. Okay. Now, like, I'm it's kind of drastic because it would be the first gonna, time Johnson's away from Ben. I know. I'm going to play, I'm going to play back. Hold on. I'm going to play back of lineup card here. Like live while we do this. Like I look at, I probably, I don't know. Maybe this. We haven't really. Play, I mean, the the Ben Johnson Dadanov line was actually pretty. Was actually okay. Yep. Um. I wonder if maybe there's something to giving. I wonder if there's something where maybe it's moving a moving an energy guy like Delandria up with them. Like I, I just went with Robertson and Hints and maybe moving Sagan with Domi and Marchment. I'm just just thinking of ways you can maybe play around with it. Yep, that's interesting. Um, just just I'm I'm just I'm literally as we're doing this, I'm writing I'm I'm writing numbers down and and and, and drawing lines and arrows and everything like that. Um, your fourth line, you're not taking any of those guys off the fourth line. They're about as that's what that line is. Um, so maybe you do that. Maybe you switch the tie the ties and the Tyler or. Or maybe, uh, maybe you see if, uh, obviously maybe you go, maybe you put, maybe you switch Dadanov and Sagan and then you keep Ben and Johnston together. I don't like, I, I think there's something that needs to be done there to, uh, to get Robertson going. I want to, uh, and, and yeah. to your yeah. point with what happened last game, I want a playmaking defenseman on the second power play unit. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. That's, it's, that was tough tonight to watch. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was tough. I mean, I would, I, I say I would put, I would put Lundqvist in over Miller and but we've talked before, like we know Suter's not going to come out. So it's like, but like the way Suter's game has gone, it's, it, it's tough for me. Like, is it really better to have him in the lineup when yeah. like, I'd almost, I just, I, I don't, I think he, it, it's funny because I, I, he's, he's a veteran and you'd be like, oh, doesn't get under his skin. But like, I do wonder, and I just like, like he's playing against a team that bought him out and I'm sure there's a bit of an anger and like a, a motivation there, but sometimes motivation when not channeled the right way can lead to mistakes. And I do wonder if, if that's like when, like some people can handle being the bad guy. Some people can handle it. I don't know. Can Ryan is Ryan's, how does Ryan Suter handle 20, 18,000 people booing him every time he touches the puck? And I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. He'll still be I know he'll still be in the lineup. I know he's not coming out, but right. it's it hasn't been good and he and he doesn't and him and him being on the him being on the second and the power plays, it's it's not good. Yeah. So and it, it it was even exasperated even more for me tonight watching um 
watching what like you know John Klingberg with the contract and it wasn't going to work in Dallas I get that but watching what John Klingberg did for Minnesota's power play tonight you're like you, you let that walk away now yeah. I, I get why I get why context is important but still you're like you're missing that so yeah I thought toward the second half of the game Miro played much better but in the first half I you know I thought he had some turnovers and wasn't the best start for um our all-star defenseman um but you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of players played their best game tonight. So, uh, wasn't yeah, a wasn't no. a major Murray, uh, major sorry, major worry for me. Um, yeah, Ottinger probably could have played better, but you know, this one's not on the goalie. No, it's not, and it's uh, yeah, it's no, it's not on the goaltending. Like even if you even if you want to be hypercritical, it's it's not. It's the stars really just. <laughs> they got caught playing yeah. Minnesota's game. Yeah. And yeah. Credit to credit to Minnesota. Minnesota went out and beat them. So yep. credit to Minnesota. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it'll be fascinating. That Sunday night is going to be fascinating. Um, what adjustments the stars make. Can the wild uh replicate what they did tonight? So we shall see. My friend, I'm gonna allow you to get some sleep. I'm gonna give you tomorrow off. And <laughs> <laughs> and no more articles for bulletin board yeah. material, Mr. Shapiro. <laughs> As I said, if I, uh, I'll go back to that. If, if, if you think if, uh, and it was the one response to Joe that I kind of said tongue in cheek, but it's true. I'm fine. I think one of the great things about playoffs is fan bases and people from, from parts of the country, uh, uh, coming together to rah rah for their team and everything like that, but no one from the Minnesota Wild, no one on that team, no one on that team cares that I use the word when versus if on something. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is kind of it's it's so interesting. It is so like, fascinating because you're you know very confident with when, and then the other day I had someone say. Well, clearly you are biased because look who your co-host is at Sean Shapiro, and he hates the stars. And I'm like, he's put out two books about the team. How could he hate them? I know. I, uh, I it's 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 <laughs> fan is short for fanatic. Yeah, and yeah. and it's it's important to remember that, and it's why we go into this, and it's the reason I have a career is because there's so many people who love this sport and sometimes they just need the outlet. And yeah. I will say this to anyone who's listening, who is a, who wants to go into sports media and all that stuff. It's part of the job. Yeah. You know what? Like, like I, like, for example, like I know, like I see some stars fans piling on, on Mike Russo and right. I want to, and Mike Russo, by the way, just to be clear, Mike Russo, I believe is, the class of the of the beat of beat writing in the nhl the he is one of he is the one of the best beat writers in nhl history and and i say this also with a bit of reverence too because i don't have my career without the influence of mike mike was a huge impact on me on my career so i sometimes see people and him and i have texted about this stuff before you see people like jumping on twitter to yell at him because he covers the wild and stuff like that and it's almost like I get it. Fan is short for fanatical. Yeah. But that's 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 why we love sports. And I think that's something where 
this is what makes the NHL playoffs great is the passion and everything like that. And uh, I don't hate the stars as, as some, as someone will tell us that the occasional person will tell me I hate the stars. It's, <laughs> I, it's amazing to me how, how I can, I can both hate the team and overly yep. love the team at the same time, apparently with the same article sometimes. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I had one coming at me the other day. I've been a season ticket holder with the Dallas stars for 19 years. 19 years, I thought about it the other day, I've had Stars season tickets, and yet I'm a Stars hater. I'm just paying thousands of dollars so I can hate. And I'm in the media. I can go for I can go to games for free, yeah. but I choose to be a fan. I choose to sit in the stands because I enjoy the experience. But it's just, hey, I do appreciate the passion. I will say that, Stars fans. I appreciate your passion, but I also appreciate the Wilds passion as far as their fans. You guys going at each other, that's pretty good for hockey. So the only thing I will say is when a passive fan enters, just embrace, teach, and celebrate them and say, hey, you know what? That's so awesome that you're getting into hockey. That's so cool. How can I help? Because that's what I try to do because we're trying to grow this game. And it's awesome. Right now, we're very fortunate that the Mavs, are not in the playoffs. Rangers, it's very early. They're off to a good start. Cowboys not playing right now. So there is a buzz in this town about hockey, and that is great to see. So, my friend, get some sleep, and I look forward to uh, talking with you Sunday, hopefully uh, with a series that is tied at two. Sounds good. Everyone have a good uh Get some, get some sleep. And get some sleep, have, everybody. We have, we have some normal start times for, for games right. four and five. So That's right. So embrace that. We're ending it now because at 1230 a.m. we both start to get a little chippy. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for Spits and Suds. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you after the game. Uh, that would be uh, game number... Oh, geez, it's late. That would be game number four. Wow, I can't even count. Game number four, Sunday night. We'll be on right after it, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great night, everyone.